And now, two pigeons bemoaning the fact you can stream DirecTV satellite-free. You see this? A family watching baseball on DirecTV with no satellite dish in sight. Let's heckle them. You call that changing the channel? Choke up on the remote, buddy. I hope getting all these games on DirecTV makes up for your mother not pre-chewing your sunflower seeds. DirecTV has the most MLB games. Visit DirecTV.com. Claim based on total games offered on national and regional sports networks with choice package or higher. Availability of RSNs varies by zip code and package. High-speed internet service required. Terms and restrictions apply. Hey, what's going on? Welcome back to Spin Rate, the Athletics Toronto Blue Jays podcast. My name is Drew Fairservice. We are so excited to talk about your Toronto Blue Jays. We, I mean me, and Caitlin McGrath, who covers the Toronto Blue Jays for the Athletic. Caitlin, back in Toronto, back in beautiful downtown Toronto. How are you? I'm good. I'm a little tired, but you you were tired because you were just in beautiful downtown Tampa Bay, beautiful mm-hmm. downtown uh, uh, Saint Pete, Saint Pete, which is as which really is 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 putting the beautiful in the beautiful downtown piece <laughs> of this bit. Um, this is a bit that we do on the show, which we do twice a week. Two episodes of Spin Rate every week. Make sure you subscribe wherever you get your podcasts. You can hear me and Caitlin, and then you can hear me and former Blue Jays starter Ricky Romero. We break it down. During the week, just like Caitlin and I break it down at the beginning of the week. So make sure you go to where you get your podcasts and hook up with hook it up with us. And of course, if you don't subscribe to The Athletic already, you got to do that. Go to theathletic.com slash spin rate and get yourself a tidy deal and get everything that Caitlin reads, writes. And then you can read everything that everybody else writes about the other teams, but the Blue Jays. You want to get the analysis, the fantasy spin, I guess the betting piece as well these days. It's all there. Now, on this edition of Spin Rate, we're going to talk about the Blue Jays' offense and where on earth it went. Maybe have a couple things to say about the Blue Jays' pitching. A bit of an encouraging sign from Hyunjin Ryu and the Blue Jays over the weekend. And we're going to look ahead a little bit, of course, to the series against the Seattle Mariners. But let's start with the offense, Caitlin. Let's start with the offense and play a little game of truth, true or false, mm-hmm. okay, or, or fact or fi- fiction. So the Blue Jays are struggling to score runs. That is a fact. Yes. The issue... Um, is, you know, has kind of shifted. It used to be, well, the Blue Jays aren't able to hit in the clutch. They aren't able to deliver with runners in scoring position. That's probably still true. But it feels like there's a maybe a larger issue at play. I don't know. What, what do you see? What do you think, before we start play our fact and fiction game, what do you see as like the kind of biggest thing plaguing the team right now? Um, well, I mean, it just feels like there's a lot of inconsistency. Um, and it, it does feel like things have almost gotten worse in some ways. And I know it's something that like managers often say, and they just say like they're pressing and they're pressing like they, you know, and it, it's hard to sort of define that, I guess, but it certainly does seem like over the last couple of games, um, even guys who were kind of getting it together a little bit, you know, Boba Bichette, Vlad, um, they seem to look more uncomfortable in Tampa, especially. It feels like they are, and they are chasing a little bit more than they did last year. They, I think I looked at the numbers a few days ago, and they're, they were a really good breaking ball hitting team last year, and they're not hitting the breaking ball as well this year. Um, they were hitting the fastball okay, but they're, they were a better 
fastball hitting team last year as well. Um, and so it seems like there's actually like a lot of little elements contributing to it. Um, and so, um, you know, they don't look as patient up there. Obviously the walks aren't coming and they weren't like a team that walked a ton last year, but they basically walked an average amount and they didn't strike out a lot last year. And, you know, I don't think they're tops in strikeouts, but they're not as disciplined, um, as they were last year. Uh, I think also we have to remind ourselves that I don't think the Blue Jays um, got into the swing of their offense until a little bit later in the year. I think in May or sorry, in April and early May, they still kind of were scuffling a little bit at the plate. Um, And so I think there's probably an element of writer. All of us are remembering how the Blue Jays sort of ended the year as an offensive team. I don't think that they were that consistent of an offensive team the entire year. I think they really got better as the year went along. Um, And so there's an expectation that they were just going to pick up where they left off in September. They haven't done that. Um, And so we're kind of viewing them as like, they're not, they weren't that team that they, we thought they were, but you know, in some ways, like the team kind of grew into themselves. I think the difference is though, I mean, Vlad had a really good April, if I recall last year, he really started strong. He was almost carrying the team in April and early May. Um, and he hasn't really done that as much this year. He's been fine, but he hasn't certainly carried the team. And to me, like I'll stop talking soon because like, you have to get a word <laughs> in. But to me, I sort of have been thinking like, it seems like, and this happened a little bit on Saturday. Um, it seems to me that there's gonna, there has to be a couple days, games where someone just carries them a little bit, whether it's George Springer just has a game where he hits, you know, he drives in five runs himself. I know that's asking a lot of a player, but, or it feels like a game where like, obviously earlier in the year when Vlad had that game in New York where he hit the three home runs and really carry the team feels like they need a couple games where someone just steps up and just drives in a lot of runs and that gets them going a little bit. Um, and like say, like t- you saw the home run with Ty Oscar on Saturday, you know, he and they were hitting a few balls very hard in Tampa and they were dying at the warning track, which has kind of been a story of the year for the Blue Jays, but also a lot of teams. And then finally, Ty Oscar really got into one. He had a hard home run. It was a no doubter. And then you saw Danny Jansen come and hit the home run. They scored the four runs in the eighth. And it felt like, okay, like it felt like 20 runs, even though it was just four. Um, and so in some ways it felt like that was what they needed. Like a couple guys just step up, drive in the runs. That's what you need. feels like they need a few more games in a row of, of some people just stepping up and then maybe that gets the whole team on a roll. But I mean, we've been saying that for weeks now. <laughs> we have been saying it for weeks. I think that George Springer had, was it Springer that had an interesting quote? He talked about the team. Their Blue Jays are a young team and they have to adjust and the league has adjusted to them. And so now it's time for them to adjust back against the league's adjustments. I don't think the Blue Jays are a young team. Yes, Vladimir Guerrero Jr. is young in terms of his age, right? And I think I saw Stoughton make the same point. We're like, the only, there are what, two batters that are regulars that have less than a thousand plate appearances. Like they're not, they're not young. They're not kids. Right, they, they're not. They're not you know, what what we might see from the Mariners, for example, who actually just had to send down uh, Jared Kalenic, 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 one of their best uh, uh, top prospects. But while well, Julio Rodriguez is uh, is raking, uh, you know, the other best young prospect of theirs. I don't. I don't know that that the youth piece is is what I would maybe lean on. I think obviously there are challenges with the offense. I think that that there is a lot of. I'm I'm still willing to to chalk a lot of it up to just bad dumb luck. I mean, if I look at 
you know, who on the Blue Jays uh, is barreling the baseball, who in the in the Blue Jays is is uh, you know is, is making good contact. Matt Chapman is is chief among them, right? But Matt Chapman's uh, results don't line up with his um, his uh, you know the component pieces of his results, right? He's he's the kind of guy who's got like a pretty big disparity between his expected and his and his existing um uh, numbers now that is that what's that from is that bad luck is that maybe he's hitting the ball too high right maybe he's gone too far into the launch angle revolution but you know a guy who does strike out quite a bit um, still drawing a lot of walks and uh, obviously we saw something different from matt chapman in that he was hitting at the top of the lineup mm-hmm. at one point this weekend so the you know charlie montoyo smashed the 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 shuffle lineup in case of emergency button <laughs> but i think that 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 it's the problem right now, and and this is maybe the factor fiction piece I kind of alluded to. It's like of the of the Blue Jays regulars or quasi regulars. Like who is this bad, right? Like is Al, is this what Alejandro Kirk is? Is Alejandro Kirk somehow <laughs> of all the things in the world? Alejandro Kirk is like a like a catch like a catch and throw guy. Is that <laughs> is that what, where he is right now? Because you know he's doing some stuff well, but like. And he turns in good at bats, and he, and as everyone knows, he doesn't strike out, and he, he's got a great eye. But the num- his numbers are still, you know, not good. He's still ten percent below league average, right? Mm-hmm. You know, even with all that stuff kind of working in his favor, he has his his on base percentage is higher than his slugging percentage. That's hard to do, right? So, okay, so how li- how limited a hitter is he? Well, what about Lourdes Gurriel? Again, we start if we start stacking up terrible months. Lourdes Gurriel's terrible months are going to, are starting to outnumber the good ones. So, you know, I know you've mentioned this many times before. The blue, the players all say that Lourdes Gurriel is the best hitter on the team, but his approach is suspect. Right? He doesn't draw a lot of walks. He's a free swinger. Fine, do you? But he's not making great contact and not getting on base a lot and not driving the baseball in a way that is going to serve the offense well. And then obviously Teoscar, it's a bit, it's a bit, Teoscar Hernandez's injury has kind of cast a pall on those things. And like you said, he hit the ball out well, long overdue. Well, well, very much welcome. But, uh, you know, it's just my thing right now is there just are, there are too few, too few guys going. But I guess the fact and fiction question that I keep talking about, I keep teasing is of, of any of these struggling players, is there any fact to it or is it just early season mirage? I guess is what I'll put to you, Caitlin. It's tough to say. I mean, like, I, I think that Bo and Vlad get the benefit of the doubt that they're going to get better because they are just really talented players. Um, you know, the Matt Chapman one is interesting because he has been kind of two different players. Like earlier in his career, he was more of a consistent hitter. Um, he always hit the ball hard. Um, we saw we've seen more swing and miss in his game of recent years and maybe that's just the player he is now. I mean, he does still draw walks. Um, he, he does that. He's probably one of the few blue Jays players that consistently draws walks. Um, and he does see a lot of pitches often. I think that's one of the reasons why Charlie moved him to the lead up spot for that one day. Um, and you know, I think that Lourdes, I think we fall back on this, this, he's a streaky guy and that's okay. Um, if that's just who you are, but I also, you know, I think you raise a good point of like, if we're seeing the same number of months where he massively struggles as opposed to the same month, same number of months where he hits well above average, it's like, you know, maybe that 
that's just who he is. Like maybe we have to just expect that he's going to have these terrible months. And um, I don't know. I mean, it's, it's, it's really hard to say. I'm having a lot of trouble, honestly, figuring out what to write about this team because it's, Sometimes it's a little easier if a team is struggling in terms of pitching because you can kind of more identify, you know, these relievers aren't getting it done. Or, you know, you can look at the pitches and say, okay, this the team is just attacking this guy's fastball or he's not locating the fastball. I find when the entire lineup is just not hitting and this is a team built around an offense that is supposed to be hitting, it's like I just have a lot of trouble articulating what's going on because it, it seems like, I don't know, maybe the Blue Jays have the answers and they're just like not saying it, but there's a lot of kind of confusing data points because as you say, there's a lot of bad luck. It's not like the Blue Jays are not making good contact. Like in terms of hard hit balls and exit velocity, they're still at the top of the league. And generally you think if a good, if a team makes good contact, good things will happen eventually. And certainly like we've seen them have really bad ball luck in um, runners in scoring position situations. And I think anecdotally and also looking at the data, like you can kind of, you can kind of remember times like this ball was, you know, just hit right at somebody or whatever it is. Um, so, I, you know, I don't know. I mean, it's, you keep drawing on the fact that like this team didn't fluke into leading the league in several offensive categories last year. Like that wasn't a fluke. They are talented and they're mostly the same lineup this year. Um, but we're going on like what, five, six weeks of the season now. And they've sort of been struggling from the get go. I know they were winning a lot of games early on, but those were close games and they were getting those one or two clutch hits they needed, but they weren't, um, you know, they weren't scoring a ton of runs at the same time. I think Kevin Gosman said this a few days ago, and it is a good point. It's like, even these games that they've been losing lately, they've kind of been right in them. Like, it's not like they're getting blown out. And that's a credit to the pitching because the pitching has certainly kept them into games. Um, and what they're missing is those those offensive runs that they need. But, I mean, if there's anything encouraging, it's certainly that, like, if the offense does get going just a little bit, then they can be winning a lot of games because, they're, again, they're not getting blown out in Tampa. They had the chance to win all three of those games. They lost yesterday because – you know, the Rays got six hits, the Blue Jays got five, but the Rays just capitalized on some errors. And you have to think, like, is are things weighing on the Blue Jays after a, a month and a half of playing these tight, tight games? Like, you know, they have they never have margin for error. No, you're right. I think they don't have margin for error as much as I mean, there's a there's a chance that it's a mental thing. And that's something that I know that Ricky and I talked about recently. But at the same time, when you are not able to score any runs, all it takes is one error. Mm-hmm. Right, one poorly timed error from a guy uh, of all people who you expect him to make that error the least frequently, you end up in this situation. We'll be right back with more spin rate, but first, check this out. Looking for an assist with your credit card but can't get a hold of anyone? Luckily, with 24 7 US based live customer service from Discover, everyone has the option to talk to a real person anytime, day or night. Yep, you heard that right. You can talk to a real human and customer service anytime. Sounds like a real game changer if you ask us. Make the right call and get the service you deserve with Discover. Limitations apply. See terms at discover.com slash credit card. Looking for an assist with your credit card but can't get a hold of anyone? Luckily, with 24-7 U.S.-based live customer service from Discover, everyone has the option to talk to a real person anytime, day or night. 
Yep, you heard that right. You can talk to a real human and customer service at any time. Sounds like a real game changer if you ask us. Make the right call and get the service you deserve with Discover. Limitations apply. See terms at discover.com slash credit card. It's hard to score runs when you have a significant chunk of your lineup that's underperforming. And, and you know, the Vlad thing is really interesting. And it's something that we probably don't talk about enough. The fact that Vlad, like this is almost like the worst version of, of or, or the, the floor for Vladimir Guerrero Jr. in a way, because yeah. he is such a good hitter. Mm-hmm. So he can get, oh, he gets, no, he can get, he gets away with being bad uh, because he's just such a good hitter that he can get by um just slapping singles and like and maybe being a good at bat and like making things difficult on pitchers so to the point there i i tweeted about it the other day he's got more he's hit into more double plays than he has extra base hits um since his big explosion game in new york which is scary that's not good you know if he's only had five or six extra base hits in the last what well, that's got to be almost a month ago now but then at the same time, it's like Vlad's on a seven game hitting streak because, you know, he gets his hits and he gets yeah. his singles. And, you know, the other day we saw him, you know, he had that RBI uh, base hit that went to right field, which is for Vlad typically a good a good sign of, of things kind of turning around that, you know, not unlike Bo Bichette. But it's worrisome. It's worrisome because, you know, you, you as you said, you need one guy to kind of like carry the team, carry the offense for a little bit. Is there one guy that can carry the offense is even if it's just for a given day? And they haven't got it. They haven't got it right now. They haven't not got lately. the one they- guy. They, they got it early on, and that's kind of – there was a game in New York where I think George Springer drew, drove in all the runs. Um, there was that game, a couple games in Houston where it was like Santiago Espinal was like driving in the runs, and they mm-hmm. had that, that weird game where they got the two home runs off um, Justin Verlander from Zimmer, surprisingly, and, um, and Espinal. And so there's <laughs> been a couple games where you have just had the one guy um, doing it for them. But that that and I think that not to you know put a lot of pressure on him, but to me, you look at a guy like George Springer at this time and think like, and I know he's probably playing a little sore right now with the ankle, which for fortunately for the Blue Jays, if there's one thing that's gone well for them is that they've kind of escaped some scary situations with George Springer early on. So that's a that's a new thing from last year. Um, obviously, in Friday, it kind of looked bad, but then he was walking around pretty well on Saturday, like saw him like going out there he didn't play but he was back in the lineup sunday does he look a little uncomfortable maybe but he also made some decent contact in that sunday game so you know i think that at a time like this you do have to draw on him and i think he's been good i mean he said some good things and he seems to be uh you know he called a team meeting um after that game in new york the second game they lost Mm -hmm. um and Kevin in you know Sportsnet or Shy and Hazel talked about it and then after the game Kevin Gosman um talked about it too and he said you know George just has a really good feel for when to speak up and that the meeting sort of was positive and I asked Bo just really quickly about it and Bo said like one of the messages was like you know great teams struggle uh, even a world series winning team can have a, a losing streak during the year like it's kind of how you come out of it um, and a lot of them, sort of the message, I think Alec Manoa said this after Sunday's game too, like the message that they're trying to, um, you know, stick with is like stay together and, and this kind of bout of difficulties or challenges that we're having right now as a team, like is going to make us stronger. And I, I tried to make the point, you know, I don't know if I did very well, but I tried to make the point that, 
you know, this is a team that isn't a stranger to adversity. I think that it looked different last year in the sense that like they just were at a disadvantage not playing at home and they didn't really let on, I think, as it was happening. But once they got back to Toronto, they were all pretty honest with how difficult it was for them to be playing in Buffalo and playing in Dunedin and not getting the crowd support all the time. And just these things like it was very tough on them and and they got through it and um they you know they managed it and all that kind of stuff and so i was you know trying to make the point that you know whether this is a young team or not and i think you raised some good points about whether they're they're a young team or not but they are a team at least that has had to face things that are difficult and have had to get through it and um it's kind of how you take those challenges on and how you get through them and so i think that this is a pretty pivotal point i know it's very early on in the season and there's definitely a segment of the fan base that, um, me, you know, maybe are less familiar with how the baseball season works um, and are very discouraged right now. And the thing that I would say is, you know, not to be dismissive of their troubles, but uh, like there's some things going uh, right for them in the sense that they did rack up a lot of wins early on. Um, they're still got a winning record, I think only by one game right now, but they've still got a winning record. The American League East, uh, or sorry, the American League, I should say, is um, kind of a top-heavy league, but there's going to be room in that wild card chase. I know, ideally, the Blue Jays wanted to be winning the division. I don't think the Yankees are going to be on like this 120 win pace or whatever their their winning clip is right now all season long. But I would just say that like, yes, the Blue Jays missed the playoffs by one game last year. Um, but there's a little bit more room at the bottom of the playoff picture now. I think even now, like if the playoffs started today, which is kind of stupid to say because there's so much season, but they would still be in that last wild card spot, I believe, um, in terms of like, because I think Chicago White Sox are also really struggling right now. And in a lot of similar ways to the Blue Jays, they're playing a lot of close games. They're not scoring runs um, and they're just kind of playing with a small margin. So I guess like overall, like, I, I think there's still a lot of time for the Blue Jays to straighten things out, but I do think that the fact that their offense has not come along, to me, it's a bit concerning um, because, you know, it's it's gone on a little bit longer than I think you can say it's the shortened spring or it's this or that. It certainly feels like it's more of an issue right now. I don't know if this if it's kind of compounding itself at this point because people people are stressing or pressing a little bit too much at the plate, but it's no fun. That's the, that's the other thing I, I was messaging with someone talking about going to the game and he, uh, the guy, Chris, I was messing with, which was like, Oh, he just got COVID and he can't go. And he's like, who wants to watch the blue Jays right now anyway? And I think that's <laughs> sort, of, sort of the thing a little bit is that they're just playing so bad. And I don't think that it's, it's the thing I keep saying. And, and while I think that there are legitimate questions you can ask about, you know, the like if this is the kind of hitter that Alejandro Kirk is, is that okay? And I think the answer to that is mostly yes. Like if he's like a slightly below average hitter on balance because he doesn't hit for any power, I think you can absolutely live with that um, because he does turn in good at bats and he has turned into quite a, a nice defensive player. Um, is this who Lourdes Gurriel is for real? Um, that is, again, a challenging question. Right. And, and one that that time will answer. I mean, if you go back to this since the beginning of last year, he has four above average months and four below average months. You know, the, the one, you know, so obviously September 2021 and August 2021 were both insane. Uh, June 2021 was very good as well. Uh, this March he was fine. But like right now he has a weighted runs created plus of three so far in May. 
Um, again, not, you know, not, not never a guy who takes a ton of walks, but his walk rate is well down from the good months. Uh, but and then just not putting the ball in play and not uh, and not having any any uh, any good fortune and uh, not yeah, doing anything was, positive. He was one of the guys that was at least making some decent. It was funny because he's gotten a couple hits of the last couple games, which you, you can say that's an encouraging sign or not. Mm-hmm. But um, he was making some solid contact and getting outs, and then he hit two that came off. It, it were basically bloop singles, and they're both the mm-hmm. ones that went for hits. So, I mean, that to me is kind of the like, I don't know, uh, like a metaphor for the Blue Chase right now is that they're just they're making good contact. It's just they're not. And I wonder. I don't know if you and Ricky talked about this a little bit last time. And I guess I'm starting to ask the question: like, is the ball going to be an issue for the Blue Jays? Because if this is a team built around guys that are supposed to hit for home runs, um, and this is a team that drives in a lot of runs via the long ball. Last year they obviously did that. Like lead, I think they led the league in home runs, and they set a new franchise record for home runs in a season. And if you look at some of the balls that didn't go out, you know, those could have been the difference makers, especially on the Friday night game. Cause I think Chapman hit a couple um, yeah. that would have gone out. And then you look at the Saturday game. I know they ultimately won it, but they could have won it by nine one as opposed to what they won at five one, because there was mm-hmm. a ball, a Teoscar ball and a Jansen ball. Like Jansen could have two home runs that game. So, I mean, I, I guess I'm starting to ask the question, like, and I know there's still some question as to when the weather gets warmer, the ball might go, might travel more, um, mm-hmm. because then the humidors will start to have the effect that they're supposed to have, which actually was to increase some offense, even though they're not mm-hmm. doing that so far. I don't know, though, but it is a question that maybe, like, well, if this is continuing in June and mm-hmm. they're not hitting the ball out, then I think we have to ask the question, like, I mean, and I also don't want to use the excuse that it's just the ball because obviously the Blue Jays aren't hitting right now, but it is something that I want to talk about. Like league, league-wide offense is up, right? The offense has really kind of started to tick up in the last two weeks in particular. Yeah. I know there's a few different people that have that kind of keeping their eye on that. Um, so league offense is, is up, but the Blue Jays offense is down. And the is it the ball question is a good one. And it's a good question that you would ask about a guy like Kevin Biggio. Right, with, with all fairness, where there, Calvin Bijou was a guy that anybody who could pull up his baseball savant page could say there are a lot of red flags here. He doesn't make as much hard contact. He doesn't barrel up the baseball as much as some of the other hitters who are even consistent with his his level of production. And so he's the kind of guy who, again, because his average exit velocity is low, because he just doesn't hit the ball as hard, he's a guy that you worry about. Matt Chapman is not a guy that I worry about. So mm-hmm. right now, even if you look at the month of May, his expected bat- expected weighted on base is 375. His actual uh, weighted on base is 195. So that's almost 200 points. Now, whether or not those numbers need to be recalibrated because of the ball, sure. But he's that that is still a good hitter. Right, like he still hits the ball hard. Kirk is the other side. Kirk isn't isn't hitting the ball quite as hard. Doesn't have doesn't have a lot of loft, and also doesn't have the legs to like get himself the extra base or two here and there. So Kirk is a guy that maybe you're wary of. That you know he's not showing a lot of a lot of extra base pop, and the softer ball is going to make it even harder for him. Uh, you know, a guy, you know, some of the other guys, the Tapias and the kind of more marginal hitters, but like the ball doesn't matter for Vlad. The ball doesn't yeah. matter for George Springer, right? George Springer has a like, track record. Uh, it's a mile long. The ball, yeah. the ball is the ball. He he could hit a softball. He could hit a goddamn beanbag uh, out of most of these parks. <laughs> uh, Bichette, the same thing. But Guriel is, is maybe, maybe the, the kind of canary in the coal mine in a way where, you know, 
if you look at if you look at here's another way to look at it. Look at Guriel's hard hit percentage compared to his barrels per plate appearance. Right, barrel rate is quite low. Hard hit percentage is is high. So if he's a guy who puts the ball in play a ton, he's a guy that that swings a lot. He's a guy that has a lot of you know has a great ability to reach outside pitches and stuff. But if if he's starting to like see the effects of that softer ball because of the just the volume of 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 contact that he makes maybe he's a guy that that could get in the long run exposed by a less lively ball um you yeah. know danny jansen danny jansen is like johnny goddamn bench i don't think we need to worry about him <laughs> all he all he does is hit all he does he is hits, hit. he and he i've been so impressed with the good contact he made i mean i was actually almost more impressed by the ball he hit to center that didn't go out mm-hmm. because it was to the farthest part of the park. And in Tampa, you obviously have the roof, so mm-hmm. um, you're not getting the effects of any sort of wind or anything. And so I actually think it's actually hard to hit the ball out in the trot as opposed to some other parks. Um, and the contact that he made on that center field ball, you, you heard it. like you could. And so actually he said he wasn't discouraged at all even hitting that he was actually almost pleased like i know it didn't go out and you'd probably rather the home run but he said mm-hmm. after the game like that was a great sign to me and of course the next at bat he hits it out um to like, left field yeah and so i mean that's gonna be his thing now i think he's just kind of leaned into that pull power which is like that's fine like if Everybody, that's working for him it comes for us it. all at one point or another <laughs> yeah and just it's like fun. sell out <laughs> yeah sell exactly out exactly and like it's you know and that's um you know that's a good sign and i i do also like to kind of go back to the ball just really quickly and i think you raise a good point that like the ball shouldn't matter for the guys that we think that should drive the offense on this team george mm-hmm. Bo, um vlad tay oscar um and then you if you're gonna have a sort of reinvented danny jansen who can do it and then like you know you hope matt chapman starts to just get some luck and then if a guy like Lourdes doesn't hit it as much out of the park, then maybe you can live with that. If a guy's, you know, making some, what are you, what face are you looking at? So we're talking about the ball. Uh, sorry. And you're talking about the great player. So as you're talking, I was like, you know, obviously the ball doesn't matter for Vlad. And the joke I was going to make is you can't hit a home run on a ground ball anyway. And then I went to look at Vlad's launch average launch angle here in the month of May, 2022. And it is minus one degree. <laughs> It's not what you want. Uh, no. I mean, he's he's. This is not uh, not unlike even even last year, right? Where he had a great you know in April in in, in May he was hitting his average launch angle in May last year was five degrees. Like he it, it cut it dropped in half from what it had been the previous month, and then he was able to pick it up. You know the yeah. the the launch angle for Vladimir Guerrero Jr. again because because his floor is so high as we as we were as we said earlier, he makes such good contact. He turns in such good at bats, and he's so strong. That the launch angle is is the the only thing that determines how good a month or how good a week or how good a game he's going to be. If he's smashing the ball onto the ground like he has been for the last few weeks, he's only going to be as good as a ground ball, as good as the best ground ball hitter in baseball can be. Mm-hmm. When he starts to to get right, if it's a physical thing, if it's a if it's a timing thing, whatever it might be, the balls are going to start flying out again. I'm not worried about Vlad. And to your to your well made point. You know, it doesn't matter as he can hit, he can hit anything out there, but it's these, the guys who are a, either a marginal, like, like Kirk to me, or the guys who have holes or put extra pressure on their ability to, to hit the ball hard and, and get every piece of, uh, production out of, out of their, um, 
uh, out of their approach, like Guriel and even Bichette to an extent. Although, you know, Bichette is obviously a bet. I think, I mean, I, the players might know better than me, but I think Bichette's a better hitter than Guriel uh, just because of I love the way that Bichette uses a whole field more than mm-hmm. a, more than Guriel, who's definitely a pull dead red guy. Well, yeah, and I think the point also I wanted to make is like for the first couple of weeks, the Blue Jays actually were still right at the top of the league in terms of hitting home runs. Like, mm-hmm. and so I think that we, I maybe I'm guilty of this in the sense that like it's like in the last couple of weeks they haven't been hitting the ball very out of the park very much, and it's like all of a sudden is it the ball? But then it's like well, but <laughs> the, for the first for the first two weeks they were hitting the ball out, um, mm-hmm. and so it was an issue for them. So I think this like let me see, I'm just pulled it up. So they have 37 home runs on the year, which is eighth in the league. Um, the Yankees are obviously leading at 49, so there's mm-hmm. a bit of distance between like first and and where they are in eighth, but they're. They are the same as Minnesota at 37. Um, but yeah, the, the teams ahead of them, the Angels, Yankees, Milwaukee, who Milwaukee has feasted on a really weak schedule. Um, Houston, which has been really hot. The Phillies and then Atlanta. So, I mean, you would think that the Blue Jays, that will pick up a little bit. Um, I don't know when the roof is going to open Toronto. Hopefully it's soon. Probably not today. It doesn't look very nice. But not I know the weather was nice over the weekend here. Mm-hmm. And I think I saw them ex- uh, like testing the roof, opening and closing it. So um, that could be a good sign um, for things to come. But More spin rate coming up right after these words from our sponsors. And now, two pigeons bemoaning the fact you can stream DirecTV satellite-free. You see this? A family watching baseball on DirecTV with no satellite dish in sight. Let's heckle them. You call that changing the channel? Choke up on the remote, buddy. I hope getting all these games on DirecTV makes up for your mother not pre-chewing your sunflower seeds. DirecTV has the most MLB games. Visit DirecTV.com. Claim based on total games offered on national and regional sports networks with choice package or higher. Availability of RSNs varies by zip code and package. High-speed internet service required. Terms and restrictions apply. As you've probably heard by now, we've teamed up with BetMGM this season. We'll be using BetMGM lines to make all of our picks, and we'll have special offers for our listeners each week. If you haven't signed up for BetMGM yet, use bonus code THEATHLETIC, and you'll get a one-year subscription to The Athletic, plus up to a $1,500 first bet offer on your first wager with BetMGM. Here's how it works. Download the BetMGM app and sign up using bonus code THEATHLETIC. Make your first deposit of at least $10. Place your first bet on any game and claim your voucher for a one-year subscription to The Athletic. See BetMGM.com for terms. U.S. promotional offers not available in D.C., Mississippi, New York, Nevada, Ontario, or Puerto Rico. Gambling problem? Call 1-800-GAMBLER. Available in the U.S. Call 877-8-HOPE-NY or text HOPE-NY 467-369 in New York. Call 1-800-NEXT-STEP in Arizona. 1-800-327-5050 in Massachusetts. 1-800-BETS-OFF in Iowa. 1-800-270-7117 for confidential help in Michigan. 1-800-981-0023 in Puerto Rico. First bet offer for new customers only in partnership with Kansas Crossing Casino and Hotel. Don't forget, if you haven't signed up for BetMGM yet, use bonus code THEATHLETIC and you'll get a one-year subscription to The Athletic plus up to a $1,500 first bet offer on your first wager. Another good sign for things to come really quick. We don't want to go too, drone on too long. We've been going on and on about the offense. Uh, was Hyunjin Ryu right. pitched um, pretty well? Uh, I was very... So his first inning was a little rocky and I noticed when I was... Following along from a lovely uh, local Boston pizza establishment, as one does, um, which was in the middle of the Leaf game. So I was watching it on my phone or following it on my phone, um, was that he wasn't missing any bats. But he kind of came around on that. And I think at the end of the day, you can't help but be 
I don't know if encourage, just may more like breathe a sigh of relief. Is yeah. <laughs> kind of where yeah. I was after that start was over. I know you were down there in Tampa. What did you see and what did, uh, what were, what were they saying about wherever you start after it was over? Yeah. A few good things. A nice that he sort of really, um, rebounded quickly after giving up the home run to Diaz. Like it was just a change up and Diaz put a good swing on it and it kind of got out in the cheap, cheap area of the ballpark just kind of squeaked out there. So it certainly wasn't like a ball completely punished, but I thought after he rebounded, like you said, the swings and misses kind of came around. I think he got like eight whiffs or something like that. He was using his fastball. It was a little tick up kind of where you want to see it with Ryu. Obviously you're not going to get a ton of velocity from him, but he was his, he was commanding it better. I remember Jansen after the game said he liked how he was using the fastball and commanding it. And also the changeup commanding it really well. Um, other than the one that went out. But I think that the encouraging sign was that what Ryu did, that's what you need from him. I mean, maybe you want him to go five innings, maybe if you're lucky, six, but they used him two times through the order. Mm -hmm. Maybe that's just the way they're going to deploy him. I don't think there's anything wrong with that, especially if you have a guy like Ross Stripling who can come in and maybe piggyback with him, um, pitch two innings after him, and then you hand it over to the bullpen um, to finish off the games. Maybe eventually you get a guy like Nate Pearson if he gets healthy and can come around, and maybe you can use him in situations where he follows Ryu, um, and you get him to pitch two innings, and then you hand it over two or three innings or whatever it may be, and you then hand it over to the rest of the bullpen. I think if, and I would say that what we saw from him on Saturday, I think he put it well. Sigh of relief. It, it you know, it was better. Um, he looked more like the Ryu um, who you like to see in terms of the command was on. Um, he looked a lot, you know, he was fooling guys. Um, and he did exactly what you needed him to do. And this whole season, um, and even a little bit last season, but this season, you don't need anything more than what you got from you on Saturday. Like you just need that. You mm -hmm, need five, mm -hmm. you need five solid innings. And if you have guys like Alec Manoa and Kevin Gosman and potentially eventually Barrios who are going to lead the way for this rotation, if, if we use your fourth or fifth starter, whatever, however Kikuchi starts pitching, but like if he's your fourth or fifth starter and he's just giving you five innings and you have a guy like Ross Stripling or you have a guy like Nate Pearson that you can deploy um, after him, I think that's a really good strategy and that can work. And I think that's almost like best case scenario for the Blue Jays. Now, you know, the Rays aren't the best hitting team. They're a decent hitting team, but they're not the best hitting team. So I think you want to see Ryu against some other teams and see how he performs. But I certainly think like if he can replicate what he did on Saturday, mm. um, that's what you need. I'm good. I don't need to see Hyunjin Ryu against better teams. Let Hyunjin Ryu <laughs> face the bad teams. That works. That works 100% for me. Give me Korean Burley or give me death. Uh, yeah, j j uh, that's fine. Two, two, twice through the order. I'm, I'm, I am absolutely content with that. Uh, as you said, the Blue Jays rotation is not, um, a, a, a sore spot. It's not a, a point of, uh, concern. So if he's your, your, your worst guy or the guy that you can hope for the least or have the lowest expectations of and just kind of plan around it. I think that your uh, Nate Pearson uh, pinch pitcher uh, gambit, which is a thing I've just made up, is, uh, is a good idea. Um, so, yeah, 
let's go. I just hope that uh, that he stays healthy enough to not just you know the worst case scenario is him going out there and getting his brains beaten again and just getting getting hammered and and hitting getting up a ton of hard hit balls and you know as you said the swinging the swinging strikes came around he was able to get a, a bunch with his change up and mm-hmm. you know in terms of like the hard hits you know he gave up his share but uh, you can't really be upset with how he pitched. Hey, lowered his ERA. Uh, speaking of, uh, of of frontline starters. The Blue Jays are looking ahead to a series against Seattle Mariners, in which their frontline starter will not be in the mix as he started Sunday for Seattle. Robbie Ray, former Blue Jay, former American League Cy Young Award winner. Um, I wonder, there, there has been some grumbles about whether or not um, he would be there to receive, or well, whether or not he's going to be there. I, I wonder if they would do like a give, him a, give him the trophy in front of the fans or something like that. But uh, maybe he won't be there. There have been some grumblings about some Mariners not being able to make the trip to Canada. But uh, Seattle is, uh, I don't know, Seattle is Seattle. They obviously were a team that, speaking of one-run one games, uh, they won a ton of one-run games last year, finished with the same record as the Blue Jays, and I don't believe that well, that they one... Well, they had one less win. One less win? Oh, you're right, because they lost on the last day of the year. They got, they they got otani yeah. they got They got smashed by, uh, by Shohei Otani. Uh, but Seattle is not kind of getting that same um, one-run magic. As they mm-hmm. as they had last year, and as a result, they're three games below five hundred. Although they are a team that did, uh, to their credit, recognize that that you can't uh, you can't live on one one run games alone, and went out and upgraded their offense significantly. So, but they're not not kind of showing it yet. Maybe a good opportunity for the Blue Jays to get right. Yeah, I mean, as you say, I I guess I'll find out today. But I think the grumblings has been that Robbie Ray will not be in Toronto um, this week. You know, make of that what you will. Mm-hmm. Um, but uh, so the Blue Jays won't see him. Um, but I think they get Chris Flexen today, which he, the Mariners pitching hasn't been bad, um, but he's sort of not been great. Well, I'm just looking at his ERA. So I'm just kind of making a judgment off of that, to be honest. <laughs> I haven't done a ton of research. But, mm-hmm. um, but, you know, he's, I think he's a guy that was, sort of up and down for Seattle last year, if I remember. I mean, he's the guy that came over and was really good. Um, but I think he had some moments where some weak spots last year. But anyway, um, maybe this is an opportunity for the Blue Jays. Um, Mariners, as you say, they're kind of been a similar team to the Blue Jays in that like they've now I think the Blue Jays probably have a better roster and, and on in paper should be more talented, but Seattle has been kind of frustrated frustrated with their start. Um, they've kind of come out slow and they're th- also third in their division behind, you know, the angels and the Astros who have been playing both though. Those teams have been playing really well. Um, and it, you know, it's kind of a big game for Kikuchi because he'll be playing his former team. And I talked to him a little bit about that. I'll write about it tonight, but you know, he was excited to face his former team um but also trying to not really think about it because he doesn't want to sort of put additional pressure on himself mm-hmm. but um you know he's also been good the last two outings i think he probably deserved better that he got in that outing in new york um that was a game that the blue jays ultimately lost on the walk off with aaron judge but he held the Yankees hitless, I think, into the sixth inning. Um, and he was really good, even though he was having a lot of trouble grip- gripping the ball, as a few of the Blue Jays were. And that's been an issue that maybe I think you probably talked about with Ricky um, that uh, has been sort of a complaint from some of the Blue Jays pitchers, Alec Manoa, one of them as well. But um, I digress. But, yeah, I mean, Seattle is interesting. I think that 
The Blue Jays do need to capitalize on this week. They have the Mariners coming in and then they have the Reds. The Reds are interesting. Obviously, they're an awful team, but they have some decent pitching. And I think the Blue Jays actually will get some of their Castillo and um, Hunter Green. Who Hunter Green pitch- pitched a no-hitter. Sort <laughs> well, of. well, I think the team pitched a, a false no-hitter. A false no-hitter. And then they still lost, which is kind of a metaphor for the Red season, I'm sure. That's, um, that's what but, you want to do if you're tanking. That's like the perfect, the perfect storm yeah. of tankery. Yeah, so I, I don't know though. Like even the thing is the thing with baseball is that the Blue Jays have have gone or two and seven on this road trip, but a really you know clean sort of like five and one homestand can make that look a lot better, right? Mm-hmm. Like going mm-hmm. on a win streak. I mean, even like looking around the league, like Houston was kind of like a just hovering above five hundred for the first couple weeks, and they weren't hitting very well, and then they just capitalize on some good scheduling and they go on an 11 game win streak i think they eventually lost but um they were but, undone uh, by the blue jays one run game magic the, the yeah the, but then the they Astros got out the, of it yeah exactly they got away they from got the out cursed blue jays or the, the yeah enemy. but as you said uh the blue jays sort of or the blue jays will kind of go through the teeth of the mariners rotation such as it is getting logan gilbert on tuesday and logan gilbert is quite good um mm-hmm. he's big as hell and throws hard and then Marco Gonzalez, who is uh, kind of the longest sort of serving member of the Mariners, maybe pitching staff. I, I don't quote me on that, but Marco's been around for a long time. And he's having a good year because he's a good pitcher. Um, but you know, this is a—it's an opportunity to, to, like you said, to between Seattle and then and then Cincinnati uh, would be a great time to see the Blue Jays sort of come to life a little bit, put the put some charges into some baseballs. And uh, bring the offense back to life. So you got Kukuchi coming up this week. Anything else for the people that they can read of yours on uh, theathletic.com? Um, yeah, well, I guess we'll see where it goes. I mean, I'm, I mean, a few more games of this, and I'm going to have to do some sort of what's wrong with the Blue Jays' offense again. Um, I've, you know, tried to do that a little bit and comparing the months and all that kind of stuff, and but mm-hmm. it's kind of prolonged to this time that I don't know. I'll figure it out, but we'll see. We'll see. I don't. I'm not planning ahead right now because I'm trying to live in the moment. I guess and see what I understand. The Blue Jays make it hard for you. They they make it hard when it's like either you're writing the same story over and over or you're writing half stories over and over. But we shall see. See how the Blue Jays make out against Seattle and then Cincinnati on the weekend. Yeah, at the Rogers and Joey Votto back in town. Well, we'll see about that. Oh yeah, he's he was out on a rehab assignment that got rained out on. uh, Dr. Strange or whatever his name is, Mr. Strange, Stephen Strange, that's his name, Knight, the jersey, that's photo mm-hmm. circulated widely. But it would be great if Joey Votto obviously was back. Joey Votto, who is by far the weirdest person who probably plays big league baseball. Instagram and social media has been like a horrifying window into Joey Votto's internal dialogue. And it is, it is an unsettling place, if I may. Love it. Can't get enough. Give me all the weirdos you got. I, I mean, I I think I would I would like to see him here because it potentially could be the last time he plays in Toronto, um, outside of you know the Blue Jays trading for him or something before the trade sure. deadline. <laughs> yeah, I, he, I don't care. I'll keep saying it, even though I know I know it's not going to happen. I will continue to say it. And he's getting to the point now, especially you look at him what he's done this year. Maybe you don't want it to happen. Yeah, exactly. But uh, another point is you do want it to happen. But that's it for this week. 
Ricky Romero and I will be back later in the week. We can talk about what what has happened here with the Blue Jays in Seattle and get to get a little bit closer, take a closer look at Cincinnati. Maybe ask Ricky Romero about Joey Votto too. Her name is Caitlin. My name is Drew. Thank you for listening. Thank you for supporting the show. Thank you for subscribing to The Athletic. We will talk to you next time on Spinning Maker.